we've got to take the time to decide. There may be wisdom in seeking guidance on things where it's not just a quick rash decision, but we need to make sure that we're not getting stuck in indecision. Practice the habit of making decisions. And then once we've made it, work through it and see it through to the end. Because just because it was maybe hard up front doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Okay, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It wouldn't be hard to make decisions. But we're going to make a decision. We're going to see it through. We're going to complete it through to the end. And if it's not a good one, we'll find out eventually. And better yet, you're going to find out faster. And then you're going to learn from it. There's no failure. There's only feedback. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And today, I'm excited about today because this is going to kick off a series that I've had in store for quite some time now. It's just waiting on the best time to really deliver this. And we're going to talk a lot about attitude. Whether we're in business or we're you know just dealing with our family life, relationships that we're in, attitude is such a key component. And within the five power pillars, we talk about mental and emotional, and, and we've discussed the difference between those pillars. And a lot of it comes down to our attitude, predetermining our attitude going in to situations. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of negativity in the world. Can you guys agree with me on that? There's a lot. It's just we're, we're not going to get through life without dealing with negative situations. And, and some of us may be in the midst of it right now. We maybe at one point had this clear picture of what our life was going to look like, right? The white picket fence or uh, w- whatever it was, but we had this clear picture of what that life was going to look like. And that doesn't stop or hasn't stopped negativity from creeping up in our lives. It's such a normal thing. The challenge is if we ignore it, we're always going to lose. 
If we ignore the negative situations in our life, we are always going to lose. We've got to learn how to handle it. We absolutely have to learn how to handle it. I actually equate this, if you've been to some of our CEO of Your Life events, sometimes I talk about this topic, that our lives are a lot like a garden, right? And the negative situations in our life are a lot like those weeds in the garden. Because if you just think about this, think of it, what does it take to have a good garden, okay? And truthfully, I don't know much about gardens, but I do know it takes some work. So if I'm going to plant a seed, let's just use a rose garden, okay? It's the first flower I can think of, a garden full of roses, and that's my goal. What does it take for that seed to take root and for that garden to really flourish? Okay, it's going to take, obviously, soil, good soil. We've heard you want to make sure you're putting your seed in good soil. Maybe we need to fertilize it over time. Certainly, it's going to take some water, regular water, regular sunlight. Okay, those are things that needs to be like poured into it, what needs to be around it. In that same area, what does it take to get those weeds to pop up? What does it take? Not a darn thing, does it? Man, I've literally seen weeds growing out of concrete before. Those weeds just always seem to pop up. In the world we live in today, that's a version of negativity. There's always going to be that negativity that's popping up. And some of you listening, as I mentioned, you may have just had this complete, beautiful picture for your life. But we wake up today or a week ago, a year ago, and it's like, man... I just didn't intend life to be like this. Some of you listen, maybe struggling in your marriage. Maybe it's a business venture. And you're just like, man, I just did not intend for it to be like this. Nobody intends to quote unquote fail or what we think is a failure in situation. Nobody intends to get into marriage to constantly fight. Nobody intends to build a business to just struggle day in and day out and have cash flow concerns and be stressed about where the next sale's coming from. Nobody intends for that to happen. However, there's one reason why that happens. Seriously, one reason alone why that happens. And it comes down to neglect. Okay, think of your garden. If you were to neglect your garden for even a few days at a time, maybe okay, but a one week of neglecting your garden where you didn't water it, you didn't make sure it had you know proper sunlight or proper fertilizer, one week of neglect can equate to a full year of repair. You could literally lose that garden within that year. And you're like, man, I just didn't intend for that to happen. Well, it happened because of neglect. And this is the point of being intentional with the decisions that we've made, committing to the decisions before the decision ever comes. Okay, we've got to attend to our garden. We've got to water it. And this is what I challenge you with. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I applaud you because you are watering your garden right now, your mindset. Because today, today alone, there's negative situations that are going to pop up. So it's so important for us to be consuming the right content, reading the right books, being in the Word of God on a daily basis. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be given unto us. There's things that we can do to saturate and nourish our garden or aka our mindset as we approach every single day. Because what's most important, you can be planting seeds, good seeds. You can be planting amazing seeds throughout each and every day, throughout your life. But what is around your seed, and hear me on this, what is around your seed 
is going to be the determinant if that seed ever takes root. If you just continue to throw your seeds on concrete or rocks, that seed's never going to take root. You got to saturate it with that good soil, that good fertilizer, the books you're reading, the sermons you're listening to, the friends that you're hanging out with. What is around your seed is the determinant of if that seed is ever going to take root and ultimately bear the fruit that you're looking for. So we're going to dive into, and I have to give credit where credit is due, a lot of these concepts, guys, that I'm going to go through today here are from the one and only the great late Mr. Jim Rohn. And a number of years ago, decades ago, he gave an original title, he called it the seven diseases of attitude that can cost you your future. So I'm going to break these things down because it's a lot about negative attitudes and, and really how they're holding us back from the success in our life. So I'm going to give you a rundown of these, and I'm going to equate these to like plagues, okay? Because these are just like these internal, these plagues that we're going to run through today. And then in the upcoming episodes, which is the most important component to this, is we're going to lay out the antidotes to these plagues, okay? Because you don't need to just identify them. It's great. We do have to identify them. We can't define something that we can't identify. So we're going to identify those here. And then over the upcoming weeks, we're going to learn how to handle these negative attitudes, And that ultimately is what can stop them from holding you back. So the very, very first one, the plagues of attitude here, guys, the very, very first one is indifference. Indifference. As believers, whether you're a believer or not, but more so as a believer, we can't just lift through life anymore. Well, I mean, we can, but not much is going to happen for us. It's simply just a lukewarm, that mild approach to life. And it's certainly a boring one. Who wants to just lift and, and drift through life, not getting excited about anything, right? People who drift through life are usually the ones wondering why things don't just go their way. They don't just happen for them. It's like, how does that person always just get what they're achieving? Because they wake up with an intent. If we're indifferent, we're approaching life passively. And that's never going to put us on top. Like Jim said, Jim Rohn here said, You can't drift to the top of the mountain. It's never going to happen. We got to be concerned about something, not in a negative way, but we've got to be able to get worked up about something, excited about things. So pick some, if if it's hard for you right now, if you're living this indifferent life where you're just like, I'm not really sure, it's time we pick something to believe in and then we give it all we got. Not in a half-hearted way. We've talked about, you know, the difference between trying and training. It's no longer, if we're trying to do something, we've already preloaded the ability to say, well, at least I tried. No, no. Our philosophy, our approach to this is we are committing to training to do it, no matter what that is. If it's starting that business, if it's being the greatest husband, the greatest wife you can, we are in training, continual training. It's either going to open up more opportunities It's going to open up those additional opportunities to help you really just figure out what you should be doing, or it's going to expose that you should be doing something different. Either way, it's so important for us just to pick a direction that we want to go and then go with it. Especially right now, God's looking for leaders. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Hear me when I say that. He does not call the qualified. You don't have to feel qualified to do anything, but he qualifies those that are called. But the biggest component of this is you got to be willing. You got to be willing to do it. Be willing to get worked up about something. God wants people of strong feelings. 
especially right now. It's time we take back what was once ours. Get those strong feelings that we once had. Think of Paul in the Bible, one of the most influential Christians of all time. But sometimes people don't know or didn't remember that Paul was once Saul. What he got worked up about was literally hunting down and killing, murdering Christians. And he had that radical change on the road to Damascus. God stopped him in his tracks. Think about that. Like, why, why would God choose Paul or Saul, excuse me, at the time? Why would God choose Saul? And I really, truly believe God looked down and he searched. And he's like, that's a dude with strong feelings. He's playing for the other team. I got to get him on our team. And that radical change in his life turned Saul to Paul, one of the greatest Christians that we read about in the Bible of all freaking time. God is looking for people with strong feelings. So if you're indifferent, if you're living this life of just like, meh, whatever, you are destined, you are destined to live a mediocre life. Man, that just pains me to even say that. For the rest of your life, it's oftentimes said you've got a YOLO, one life to live. No, 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 no. We got every day to live. We die once, but we have every freaking day to live. So get excited about something. Get worked up about something. All right. So that's number one, indifference. Again, I'm going to lay out the antidotes of these over the upcoming weeks. So if you're like, I get it, Riley, but I just don't know how I start to make decisions, how I can care about something, how I can get worked up about something. I promise you we're going to cover that in some upcoming episodes. The point of this is just to lay these things out for you guys right now so you can identify these plagues in your own life. Number two then is going to be indecision. Indecision. What's it like to be a person that's just indecisive? Because this is the person that's really just sitting on the fence of life, never really wanting to make that decision. So there's a difference between indecision where it's just like, meh, whatever. But then there's a person that is reluctant to make a decision. And obviously, if we're not making decisions, we're not making any progress. Entrepreneurs make decisions and we make them quickly, but they're made based upon the core values, the commitments that we've already made in our life. This process Jim referred to as like a mental paralysis that we go to. It's like, we're just, uh, I don't know what, I don't know the decision to make. I don't know the decision to make. It's absolutely the greatest thief of opportunity. It's the greatest thief of our time and definitely our happiness. And I know it can be scary to make a decision, to pick like, oh, I don't know if that's the right decision, but we've got to make those decisions. We've got to take the time to decide. There may be wisdom in seeking guidance on things where it's not just a quick, rash decision, but we need to make sure that we're not getting stuck in indecision. Practice the habit of making decisions. And then once we've made it, work through it and see it through to the end. Because just because it was maybe hard up front doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Okay, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It wouldn't be hard to make decisions. But we're going to make a decision. We're going to see it through. We're going to complete it through to the end. And if it's not a good one, we'll find out eventually. And better yet, you're going to find out faster. And then you're going to learn from it. There's no failure. There's only feedback. As I mentioned, like wise counsel is important. Actually, James 1.5 says that if any of us lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given. That's a promise of God right there. And it will be given. If we're struggling in this indecision, simply sit back and ask God, but then make a decision. 
Okay, you're going to learn way more, far more from your decisions than your indecisions. Indecisions, there's nothing we can even learn from. You're going to learn far more if you just make a decision. Because even if it's the wrong decision, at least we're going to figure that out much quicker than not making a decision at all. So number two, that was indecision. Third one is going to be doubt. Doubt is a freaking plague, right? It's actually mentioned 72 times in the Bible. And let me sum it up for you, okay? Because it isn't that difficult. 72 times mentioned in the Bible. Here's essentially what it says. Don't do it. To doubt, it literally means to lack confidence or to consider unlikely. To lack confidence or to consider unlikely. Actually, the very first expression of doubt was in Genesis, Genesis chapter three. And it was with Eve. And if you guys remember this story, God had actually given a command to Eve to not eat from the tree of knowledge. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge. And this is when Satan actually started to creep in here. And he introduced doubt by saying this little comment right here. Did he really say that? Did God really say not to eat from the tree of knowledge? Did he really say that? And that little inkling, that saying, allowed doubt to start to creep in to Eve. And in doing this, I mean, obviously what he was doing is he was wanting Eve to lack confidence in God's command. All doubt is, is a tool, but it's tactfully used. Not tactfully, tactically Okay, there's nothing tactful about Satan, but it's tactically used against us to lack confidence. Guys, there's 7,487 promises of God made to mankind in the Bible. 7,487 promises. Those are promises from God. Someone needs to hear this here. God's given us these promises, but we lack confidence in God's commands. James 1.6 tells us that the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Man, what a terrible and frustrating way to live. No matter what, if you're in business or even if you're just in relationship, it's hard to be successful at something if you doubt your ability to do it. Think about this. What was the latest thing that you've done where that doubt crept in and you're like, I just don't think I can actually do this? Already, you failed. Already, you've put yourself in that position where you're not believing in yourself. And it's this belief in yourself that's going to push you through when times get tough. We make progress in this situation by believing in yourself. All right, I want to get through these quickly, guys. So number four then is going to be worry. Worry. And worry does nothing but cause us problems. Think about it. When was the last time you worried and it felt good? <laughs> Never, right? Now, I get it. It's hard not to worry, especially in this negative world that we live in. Or even just little things like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. Man, you go to the doctor and I hope these test results come back. Man, I start to worry about that. Am I going to make it through this tough part in my life? Life's going to throw us a million things to worry about. And worry is going to do nothing but cause problems in your life. Could be your health, could be your, your family life, the relationships you have personally, just that inner turmoil. Could be worrying about your business. And going down this road, it's detrimental. 
Every thought and emotion caused by worry is negative. There's nothing positive that comes from it. It's us just literally imagining the worst case scenario in that situation. And most of the time, it's invented in our own minds. It's made up in our mind. Worry is not rooted in truth. Worry is not rooted in truth. Simply, it robs us of our joy. And it's actually been said that worry, I love this quote, it says, worry is the interest that you pay on a debt that you do not owe. It's the interest you pay on a debt you do not owe. Okay, and and Matthew 6.34 tells us that we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow, right? It says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then Psalm 55 says that we are to cast our cares on him and he will sustain us. That's another promise from God, guys. He will sustain us. So it's time we overcome, we kick this habit of worry. And understand, the challenge are still going to present themselves. We're not going to get out of this life without going through some challenges and some obstacles. We know that. And by not worrying, it doesn't remove difficult situations, these challenges, these obstacles from our life. It's not going to remove them at all. But what it does is it allows you to be much more capable in facing them. There are times where we have to actually choose. Am I going to be a worrier about this situation or am I going to be a warrior about this situation? And it starts with the decisions that we've made, the core values that we develop, those contracts. This is why we have these contracts because when those negative situations comes up, that's the moment, immediately the moment that decision has already been made because we've committed to that decision. All right, number five is overcaution. Overcaution. Now, this is an interesting one because, I mean, so many people out there are so timid, right? Now, it it may be good to be cautious at times, obviously, but we should never be overcautious. It's such a timid approach to life that does nothing but hold us back. We don't need to be afraid to take some risks. Life is risky. It's risky. Here's how risky it is. We ain't getting out alive. Everything in life is risky, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. One of the quotes that Jim Rohn says, if you think trying is risky, wait until they hand you the bill for not trying. I love this. It like makes you really think, like, what if? I mean, nobody wants to wake up on their deathbed. There's never a moment where it's like, well, I just wish I didn't take as many risks. No, that never is anybody's dying wish. People who chronically fail always, always are looking at the risk in the opportunity. Hear me on this. People who always fail are focused on the risk in the opportunity, and people who always succeed are always looking at the opportunity and the risk. Think about yourself. When you see opportunities, are you looking for the risk, or when you see the risk, are you looking for the opportunity? It's time we stop sitting on the sidelines, afraid to take a chance. This life, choose adventure, take some risks. Because really, what's the worst that could happen in in any situation? Like, what is the the worst that could happen? Now, I'm not talking take risks like go tightrope between two buildings in New York. That's stupid. There's wisdom that comes in place here. But these risks of, oh, I don't know if I should start this business. You could lose some money. But is that that bad of a situation to lose some money? 
Are you going to die in that situation? No. Now be wise in these decisions. But if you're only looking for safety and security, you're not going to get very far. Be strategic. You know, certainly be strategic about the chances that you take. Minimize the risk through research and strategy. But don't let your research make you overcautious, too overcautious that's actually holding you back. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. So if you experience fear in situations, you know right there, that ain't from God. That is not from God. And if you can anchor that, if you understand that, it also says that God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. Come on. That's the God that we serve. That's what he's given us. But we have to step into that. We have to own that. So stop being overcautious. Number six, pessimism. Ooh, I don't even like saying this word. But it's probably one of my favorite ones to discuss just because it's such a real thing. And I, truthfully, it's very, very difficult for me to be around pessimist people. We've all heard this, like, that when you see a glass of water, is it half full or is it half empty? Everybody's heard that question. The pessimist obviously sees the glasses half empty. They're focusing on the negative things in life. They're looking for the bad things. If you're looking for bad things, negative things, you're going to find them. Our life is constantly moving in the direction of our thoughts. If you look for good things in life, you're going to find them. How we see things has such an impact, a huge impact on our reality and our outlook in life. Our lives are mostly affected by the way we think things are. Your life is mostly affected by the way you think things are. Not the way they are, but the way you think they are. And this is why we have to audit our thoughts. We have to think about why we are thinking about things. This is what I I just geek out to. Think about the optimist and the pessimist. They could be sitting in the same room right now. Same room, and they're looking through the window. The same exact window they're looking through, and the optimist is going to admire the beautiful sunset. Whatever that picture is, they're going to admire that. And the pessimist is going to focus on the specks on the glass. What a terrible, terrible way to live. It's unfortunate, but I I believe, God, this is the curse that has been passed on generations to generations. And I refuse to let that be passed on to my daughter. And I think I I love my dad so much, but he's been a pessimist, right? To the point of, and I've told this story many times at our events, but we live in a beautiful home. Uh, we have a lake home in, in Minnesota. It's 12,000 square foot, 150 foot of lakeshore. And it's beautiful. And literally like the day we walk in there, we, you know, I'm showing my dad, he lives there with us. He's got his own 2,000 square foot condo above the garage, two bedroom, two bath, like a great setup. A beautiful setup for him. Elevator goes up to it. He takes the tour and it's like, we step outside, we're walking in the backyard and we step out on the beach, toes in the sand. Hear me on this, guys. My dad's toes in the sand. We're standing there and I'm like, well, what do you think, dad? And here's what he says. Man, taxes must be high. What? Like you just got, uh, you've been moved into just the most luxury place he's probably ever lived and and 
he's concerned about the taxes that he doesn't pay for, that is such an agonizing way to live. Just enjoy this gift of life. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. As you think within yourself, so you are. You know, one of our mentors, Keith Kraft, he does these, these leadershipologies, and one of the greatest ones, the simplest ones that I've ever heard was, elevate your thinking, and you're going to elevate your life, right? Think good things. It takes less work to actually think positively than it does to think negatively, because that's when worry and doubt and all that starts to creep in. Remember this, guys, our perception, your perception is your reality, and it can be changed the moment you choose to change it. Your perception is your reality. And the beautiful thing is you may have spent the last decade, two decades, three decades, however long it is, thinking negatively, thinking poorly, but it can be changed the moment, the moment that you choose to change it. Number seven, guys, quickly, we're going to wrap up here. Complaining, complaining, oh my goodness, another person I just can't stand to be around. Complaining's never helped anything. The the only thing it helps is two complainers get in the room, they enjoy hanging out with each other. I'm running from that room as far as I possibly can. Don't waste your time complaining. As Jim used to say, you spend five minutes complaining, you've wasted five minutes. And if you're complaining to somebody, number one, half the people don't care, and the other half are probably glad that you're upset. There's zero winning in this situation. Think of the children of Israel. Remember this story? Like If you remember how God freed them from Egypt, God freed them from Egypt through a number of just unbelievable miracles. No way they should have been freed. And they're heading to the promised land. Again, the promised land. They're heading there, but they never made it. You guys remember, they wandered 40 years. They never made it. Why? Why did that happen? Because they were told they were heading towards the promised land. From day one, they started complaining. Go read the story. It's like, oh, the food. We got to eat this manna. At least in Egypt, we could have had better food. The weather. They're complaining. The leadership. They didn't like the leadership. And they just complained and they complained and they complained. And eventually, God just let them continue to wander in the wilderness complaining. They had a complaining attitude. And they never made it to the promised land. Man. Man, oh man, what a terrible life to live. So don't let this negative, ugly part of life continue on. We could choose. Are you going to look at the negative in the situation? Are you going to complain about the situation? Are you going to be the problem solver? Are you going to find the solution or start to figure it out? If something's not what it could be, don't complain about it. Ask how you can make it better. All right, guys. So those are the seven plagues of attitude inspired by the late, great Mr. Jim Rohn. And as I mentioned before, it's not enough just to recognize them. I wanted to do an overview here to give you an understanding. But if you're like me, it's like, okay, cool. But now what? I got it. But what am I going to do with that? So like I said, on upcoming episodes, we're going to break these things down. God has given us the antidotes to these things, the antidotes to these plagues, these seven plagues of attitude. How do we overcome them? It's one thing to identify them, but it's another to actually implement them, to weed that garden. We're going to be pulling some weeds here in your life. 
It may be painful. It may be some work in your life, but we're going to pull some weeds. We're going to nurture that ground, that soil. We're going to make sure we're watering it. We're fertilizing it. It's getting proper sunlight. That's how we can overcome this negative mindset, this negative situations in this life. These plagues of attitude, they can be devastating for your life. Physical disease in your body, not doing that business venture, not just stepping into the greatness that God has called you into. You know, you may not agree with me here, but on the overcoming weeks, I challenge you here to look for these plagues in your life. Start to make them at the forefront of your mind, right? The plagues, not only in your life, but in the people around you. Start to look for them. Are the people around you, do they worry? Are they full of doubt? Do they complain? Are they pessimist? Start to look for that fruit. If you don't like that fruit in their life, it's time we do something about it. We can blame others for our situations. We can blame it on other people. But chances are high that the reason you're experiencing these situations are because of the negative mindsets, the negative things that you're experiencing is because of these plagues of attitude within your life. All right, guys. I'll catch you on the next episode, but get ready to start to implement these antidotes on the next episode. We'll see you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at King's Council Coaching. We'll see you next time.